Welcome back to Nate the Hate, where we are going to tackle a interesting topic today of did Square Enix mislead with the marketing of Final Fantasy VII Remake? And this topic was spawned from the idea of the review scores came out today and the reception has been interesting to say the least. And joining me to approach this topic is MVG. What's up, Nate? Great to be here. And we have a special guest tonight in the form of the Kimmerex Project, also known as Evan. Hey. <laughs> it is a pleasure to have both of you here with me tonight. And well, let's start it right off. What do you think about the review scores that Final Fantasy VII Remake got today? I think the scores are about where I expected them to be, Nate. I um, I played when I played the demo. I got a really good feeling about the game. I thought that it would be one of the candidates for game of the year and i think the review scores kind of have really backed that up for me now i have not yet played the game uh hopefully i'll get to play it on friday when my physical copy comes in but i actually may just preload it anyway and play it if if that doesn't happen i may just cancel my pre-order but i um i think they're about where they should be what do you what do you guys think I mean, they seem about right. It, this is kind of one of those universal games that, like, it's in everyone's history. It's intrinsic in a lot of people's blood for gaming. So, like, if they didn't hit enough points, most of the reviewers would try to, like, cut it down a little bit. But, I mean, I'm not seeing too many things below 85-ish. It seems to only dip a little bit below there. IGN gave and- it an 8, right? 8 out of, eight out of 10? Yeah, yeah, that was a little surprising to me, especially when they and this is I don't want to derail, but they gave Resident Evil three a nine, <laughs> so it seems a little well, strange. But you know, IGN, different reviewers, IGN, yeah, it, different is reviewers. The, it is the problem of different reviewers, and most likely yeah. whoever got this uh, at IGN had a lot more in his history, like linked to the original game that he kind of wanted. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm pretty satisfied with what i've read and seen as far as review scores go i think it's about where it where it should be and yeah i i think it's a definite game of the year contender no no question yeah the interesting thing with the reviews i've talked to some of my friends who were reviewers on the game and one absolutely loved it another one was a little more mixed i believe they scored it around a 3.5 out of 5 which is still a fair score and their reception was basically, if you're a newcomer to Final Fantasy VII and you have no precondition to the original release, you're coming into this epic new adventure. And for those who are coming from Final Fantasy VII, from the PlayStation 1, to this remake, you're going to see certain events that never happened, or you're going to see events transpire in a different way. And depending on your relationship with the original game you may have mixed feelings on what you're seeing from the remake and that's what seems to be causing some of the divisiveness of the reception of the reviews today is that people are seeing and saying well they're talking about changes to the ending i'm not sure how that's going to sit with me Mm. and i mean i guess that can segue into the first point of this game from the get-go Square marketed as Final Fantasy VII Remake. And in the minds of a lot of people, they thought this was going to be a one-to-one recreation of the original game back from the PlayStation 1 era. And instead, what we got was a reimagining. And Square has been very clear about this in interviews dating back to 2019. And even before, they 
said it. They said this is going to be a reimagining of those original events of the original game. And we're going to expand on ideas and premises and concepts on the characters, the cities, the environments. And that's what we're getting with Remake. But for some, they're not quite getting that connection. They're they're lost for some reason. Well, let me counter that a little and play devil's advocate. So I'm looking at the, the box of the game right now. And let's just assume that you did not, the person that's unhappy about this did not read any of these interviews or um, watch any of the trailers or anything, but they, they're a Final Fantasy old school fan from back in the day. They know this game's coming out and they're like, yep, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. So the box says, and I'm looking at the North American one. I haven't looked at the, the European one, but it says, this is all it says, Nate. It says the story of the first standalone game in the Final Fantasy VII remake project covers the party's escape from Midgar and goes deeper into the events occurring in the city than the original Final Fantasy VII. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about reimagination or anything whatsoever. So f- to be fair on, on those people, and I'm not talking about the ones that you know are up to speed on interviews and what they've read or what they may not have read, but if you're just the average casual fan that, that played the game back in the day and then you buy it, expecting a you know just a one-to-one remake there's nothing on the box that really tells you otherwise mm-hmm. you know it's it's not misleading because i think you know i heard misleading talk said a lot today but it's it's not very clear and and i think square could have done a better job really handling that to you know the a wider audience rather than just you know an, an ign interview or or whatever you know what i'm saying so you'd say they kind of purposefully omitted information with their marketing of the game to make it sound more grand than it really was because i mean as far as branding goes the word reimagining it sounds good it's a good buzzword but when it comes to actual marketing and branding of the game itself i wouldn't pick up a box that said final fantasy 7 reimagining right you use remake because you kind of you automatically get that picture of this is a remake of that classic game in a new style and a more modern take, but they did not, they didn't really relay the information of this is part one of however many installments. So it's, it's, you know, it's complex because some of their marketing, it has been clear, but they also fumbled in several areas. Yeah, I mean, it was it was probably a clear decision from their marketing because, I mean, the main way you would get people to know that this is episodic is by putting episode one on the actual title, which right. in gaming, the connotations with episodic games is like almost bottom of the barrel. People tend not to be super interested in those types of things. So and then on top of that, between remake and reimagining, we've already had so many games coming out as either remake or remaster. It's already it's already there. Like it's already a main stay in the uh, gaming like setup for what type of words you would use in titling to try to get people interested. So it's already that buzzword approach. That's true. So if you were square in this case, because when we think of episodic games, we think of the walking dead life is strange games of that nature. So if you were square and you released this game as they are planning to in a multi-part how would you have labeled Final Fantasy VII Remake? Would you have still said Episode One 
or maybe just would part one have been a more acceptable form? Uh, I honestly think maybe just calling it Final Fantasy VII, the Midgar story, or something along those lines, maybe completely retitling it might have been a little bit more helpful. But, I mean, this is me compared to maybe the army of PR people they had on a board who were trying to decide <laughs> this. So I'm not too sure. Well, it's true, because even on the back of the box, as MVG had recited, it, they do say this is the standalone Midgar section of the game. So if they did just brand it Final Fantasy VII Midgar, at least it would have given us an idea of where the tale was going at least for those of us who are familiar with the original release for newcomers that really would have amounted to i guess just a title would just been a brand of saying oh it's city cool yeah yeah i i, I think i think evan's on onto something I, I would say the midgar story is a good way to name it i mean i, I don't i don't really care if they if they said part one of of three or whatever or episode one but it seems like there is a disconnect between their marketing people and the box. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I think really at the end of the day, you know, more, more, maybe more work should have been done to, to really kind of, you know, make their stories kind of align with each other, let's say. Because, yeah, I, I looked at the back of the box. I, I saw it today and I was a little surprised because I was dead set on it saying, reimagining on there or um a retelling or something and it's i mean unless i'm blind i, I don't see it anywhere so and I, I just checked the european cover as well and that's that's the same so yeah I, I just think that you know one thing that's important for me is making sure that if you if you are a business then your message has to be very clear across each department you work in it has to be the same message across everywhere and I'm not saying that they intentionally misled anyone, but I do think that maybe they could have just got their stories straight on this one. Either adjust the box cover, you know, the box artwork, or maybe, you know, tell some of their PR people, no, that's not what you should be saying. You should be saying this instead. Do do we feel like if the word reimagining was on the box, there would be maybe like 20% less of an issue with some people. Like we wouldn't be hearing as much from people who are like, this isn't the final fantasy seven I was hoping for. Or would the word just be at that point, like a placation that no one really paid attention to. Cause it also seems like with the announcement of this, people already kind of established a cognitive distortion of what they were expecting it to become versus like what they were being told so even if the word existed would they still have their own like this is the game i wanted and this is what they are making kind of in their forefront of their minds yeah that's an interesting point because it seemed like from the day this was announced people already had an image in their minds of what they were going to get from this game and that's it kind of plays back to when square originally talked about remaking final fantasy 7 where they said if we do undertake this gargantuan task, we have to make sure we do it right. Otherwise, we are going to disappoint a lot of fans. And I think we kind of see that hesitation. And even with this release, they knew what was riding on this game. They knew what it was riding on you know, every trailer, every announcement, every reveal of this game. And they had to do something new and shocking. And it still 
did not quite reach the the image that everyone had because people were still kind of expecting that turn-based Final Fantasy VII game, but remastered in HD, and it was going to be the one-to-one retelling of the PlayStation 1 game. It was going to be everything you were familiar with, maybe expanded upon in certain areas, whereas Square said, we're reimagining it. We're going to make it its own standalone experience. Midgar is going to be its own thing. It's going to be a living, breathing city. And you have to throw away what you previously played on the PlayStation 1 and come into this as a brand new game. And, I mean, maybe if they just named this Final Fantasy VII Midgar, no part one, no nothing, it's just, this is what this game is. It's Final Fantasy VII Midgar. Our next plan is Final Fantasy VII Aerith, or whatever they want to call it. We just have to treat this as a new game for the modern times. We can't look in, we can't look to the past of what Final Fantasy VII was. And when this game was announced, that's what everyone did. Mm. You looked at those three discs, you looked at that whole adventure, and you were already visioning what all these set pieces were going to be in you know on a PlayStation 4. And that never seemed like that was a that was Square's intent. Yeah. I think the other things to consider is the and I, you you both bring up really good points Evan especially with you know do you lose 20% of your fan base if you call it a reimagining on the box box art that's that's something that you can't really discount because yeah I mean you may lose the the diehard FF7 fan if if it says reimagining of the tale on on the on the box art because that implies it's been changed or in or diluted in some way that is kind of a negative thing but i think the other thing that i think is probably the biggest failure right now for square enix is they're not telling us how many episodes there are of this game like we don't know we're assuming it's going to be three parts but it could be five parts i mean the this this feels like shinmu all over again to me you know what i'm saying like this could go on for like another 10 years and we kind of joked last week that it'd be 2035 before it's all said and done (laughs) i mean is that really that inaccurate it it could be 2035 you know if it's like five more games or or four more games after this one so we don't really know where this starts and ends now that it's it is a reimagining of the game it it could it could go somewhere else completely now I'd, i'd like to think that it's and I'm saying this, guys. I haven't seen the latest um, trailer, which I believe gives away a lot of the game, and I'm not—I'm not even entertaining that that thought yet. And I haven't played the game other than the demo, so there's probably some things that um, I'm not familiar with. But it, it could go in a completely different place, and then the question is: Well, how many parts will this game actually be? And I—I I just wish, you know, more than anything from all this that there's just more transparency and, and more kind of just information about what we're looking at as far as end to end. And I think that's the challenge for square Enix right now is that we're viewing it as they're going to give us the tale of final fantasy seven as we know it, whereas their outline could be, this is what you think is going to happen to this character. But in this reimagining, this retelling, that's not going to happen. These events will not transpire. We're going to remove these segments because maybe we felt they were fluff in the original story 
and we're going to replace them with something more meaningful or we're going to remove a character altogether and their entire narrative has been removed and we're not replacing it. We we don't know really what the vision is for the game and that's both exciting and concerning as a fan of the original release because now we're kind of in a place of this is a brand new Final Fantasy 7 experience. We don't know what's ahead for us. But as a, you know, a hardcore fan, you might be sitting there saying, "Oh no." What does that actually mean? Resident Evil 3 just came out as well. And length of the game aside, it has some parts of the game that's been removed, but there's new parts that have been added into the game as well. So do you think that that has worked for Resident Evil 3? adding kind of new sections of the game length of the game aside. Cause I know, you know, one of the biggest gripes about the game is it's only five hours. Let's say it was 10 hours or 15 hours. The campaign, they removed the clock tower section and, and some other parts removed some of the boss battles, but they added new parts in the game, which what they did, would that make fans of the game happy? Or do you think that'd still dwell on the fact that it's not, you know, it's a different, it's a different game other because they've changed some things around. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper and with the permadeath of XCOM. And that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Um I mean that's that's tough because you're going to have purists who say this isn't my resident evil 3 Mm. and that already kind of came up with the remake because they did cut content they did change encounters and they're sitting and saying this isn't the resident evil 3 i remember the resident evil 3 i played was more puzzle based right this is more actiony it's almost a metroidvania in some ways in terms of setup and the problem with these remakes that we're hitting kind of at now is they're being compared to the original games, which is a valid comparison because that's obviously their inspiration. That is what they're being built up from. But because we are viewing these games from a nostalgia perspective, we're still expecting them to remain true to those roots while giving us something new. And that's a fine line of balance. And it's typically it's why we haven't really seen Nintendo remake many games. They remade Ocarina of Time for the 3DS, but that remake was basically just they enhanced the visuals, they tuned some stuff here and there. But it was we have to remain as accurate and authentic yeah. to the original N64 version as we can. We are not going to deviate from that. Mm-hmm. This is going to be Ocarina of Time through and through, and then with Capcom. They've taken more liberties with Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3, for better or worse. And now we have Square, who's taking liberties in every way and just saying, we made a brand new game set in the universe of Final Fantasy VII, and this is 
this is the story we have to tell. And that's where I put on Twitter earlier today of this version of Final Fantasy VII doesn't negate the PlayStation 1 original. These two complement each other. One doesn't replace the other. It's look at look at them as companions. Yeah. The PlayStation 1 is its own story. If you want to view the remake as a parallel universe, do that if it makes you feel better about the content in it. Right. I I agree. I I'm I'm totally fine with with what they're what they're giving us with this. You know, it's for me and again, I've only played the demo, so you know, keep that in mind, but it feels familiar enough to me to want to play the game and i'm kind of excited about the twists and turns that that are, are certainly coming so i i would say you know I, i'm i'm fine with 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 what what they're doing i do also acknowledge that maybe you know they could have handled it better from a pr perspective or a marketing perspective the message the message is a little confusing but you know it's 2020 i mean if you're going to remake a game, there are a lot of things about an older game that may not translate across properly or very well in a modern era, or maybe just doesn't really seem to fit in the game anymore. And any decisions that were made to cut things out or change the course of the story, I think should be respected and, and you know, and and just kind of accepted and i think that's my kind of takeaway from from all this let's see we can look at a more recent lower scale remake with panzer dragoon yeah it's considered one of the best games of its era back when it originally released but this remake was mixed at best because they tried to stay true to what the original game was from a gameplay's perspective but they failed in other areas, whether it was making the dragon bob up and down far too much, a very slow, laggy camera for rotating, yep. a weak shooting system. They really they didn't change anything in a mammoth way, but those minor alterations really damaged the game from a fan's perspective. It right. was not for the better. I guess the other criticism about the game was it didn't really bring anything new to the series, right? I mean, it was right. you're playing the same levels. Why? Why? And I, I heard this, and I was someone that also asked for it too. Is why not add a couple more levels in the game? You know, you've got a, you've got the ability to do so. Like Doom sixty four was, they added a whole new episode to that game. I mean, add something new for a modern era i think it's 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 okay to do that it doesn't have to be a one-to-one replica of a game that that you loved back in the day now on the flip side of that you've got something like shadows of the colossus by blue point which for all intents and purposes is a one-to-one replica of the game and that's totally fine too i mean i i, I think i think either way you you kind of look at it it's not a negative thing it, it's really what you know what people are looking for and look i think final fantasy 7 remake is totally fine with the way the direction has been taken and look i'm like i said man i'm psyched about the game i can't wait to get my you know to get stuck into the story myself so would you say square misled people by 
charging $60 for this game, knowing it is just one part of potentially several? No, because it's a 50-hour game, right? I mean, it's... it's. I'm hearing, you know, anywhere between 30 to 50 hours to beat beat the, the game or to at least complete the game. So it, it's it's not misleading i mean it's you're paying you're paying for a 50 hour game you know so i i'm again i think it's fine i i think when they first announced this you know ages ago that it was part one or when they showed the the, the reveal you know last year at e3 or was it last year or the year before I, I'm, I'm getting confused but it, people were asking well is this is this the whole game or is this just the first section? And we realized it was the first section. And again, we just assumed that it was going to be and then Square kind of confirmed that it would be. And again, it goes back to if Square just got it ahead of it and said, look, this is part one of, of, of three-part series. Um, there's 50 hours, 50 plus hours of gameplay here plus side missions, you know, um, more, more, you know, stay tuned for more information, type of thing. I think that would have been a, a better approach, but I don't think they misled anyone. I think, again, I just think that they could have been a little more clearer in the message, you know, of the game. What's your take on that, Evan? Yeah, because it, I mean, it does come down to message, but the argument of, uh, is it not worth 60 because it's only one part of one story that already existed at some point in its full entirety? It's weird to talk about because it almost feels like whenever I hear that argument, something along the lines of like, let's say the original PS2 and then further trilogy of uh, Prince of Persia, like when the second one comes out, do you get mad that they didn't wait and not release the first one? until the all three were finally together and then release them all at once no it because you're getting a lot of game from one two to three this just feels like now with the new technology we have with the new engines and all that they were able to take something that they had to condense maybe they back when they were making it they were like oh we have to cut that that's we don't want to cut that but we have to now they can finally take their time put as much into it as they want and then split it up as they see fit for what they need to be able to complete and then move to the next one. So it's, it it definitely, it's fine as long as it's not a situation where the game they put out is just empty. And I know a lot of people were saying it does, it was was like 20, 30, what what was it? 50 for the upper end hours for completion. Yeah. We've been hearing. I know in a lot of the reviews I've been looking at, they say the side quests that fill that time are padding or empty. I need to see it. Like, I need to see if it is just like a take this box here and that'll take you 30 (laughs) minutes kind of quest. But if it actually has story in it, does that just mean that the person claiming it's padding not like the lore? Because you have to kind of take into account that the people playing it might not care about the lore itself and they're just viewing it as kind of something they can talk about in the negative to gain kind of, I guess, like a status almost in reviewing. Right. And one thing that's important to note with these reviews is that depending on the outlet and depending on, you know, the YouTube channel, we don't know when they got access to this game. They could have got access to this game 
on Friday. They played the game for two days to rush out the review to hit it on Monday. So their experience with the game is going to be radically different than anyone who's just going to be sitting down and enjoying it in, you know, in leisure. Because when you have to rush through a 40-hour game in two days and you're doing some of these side quests, even if it does have lore and the character connections build from it, you're kind of sitting there saying, okay, let's go, let's go. I want to go to the next thing because I have to get done. Whereas we'll be sitting there in leisure playing it. And if the side quest takes 15 minutes, maybe it's a mini game. We're playing darts and it's just a five minute thing. We're going to enjoy that far more than the reviewer who was crunched and had to hit a deadline. So that's, that's one of the things that sometimes a review, it lacks a little nuance and context as to why they did not enjoy a certain aspect of a game. And that's never fully relayed in some reviews, whether because the reviewer purposely omitted it because they don't want to admit they rushed through the game because they know how that's going to be perceived by the public or they simply don't want you to think they had potentially an agenda against the game where they already went into it with a bias and an intent of i'm not going to enjoy this yeah i mean we've been waiting years and years and years and years for this game i think the big final fantasy fans they're gonna just soak this game up they're gonna try to play every single minute of this game which means every single side quest so yeah i mean your point about game reviewers essentially trying to complete the game as quickly as possible to get a review out it's it's you can't really compare you know the 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 big final fantasy 7 fan to a, a an average game reviewer now you may have a game reviewer that's a big final fantasy 7 fan but at the end of the day they're still trying to get their game review out for their publication that they're working for or or, or their youtube channel so look i think i think everything that that has happened here is is just it's just internet twitter drama you know for today honestly i think i think most people are really going to enjoy this game when it comes out and hopefully we'll forget about it when when people start playing it so another point of contention with final fantasy 7 remake was back in september of 2019 they announced that the fighting or the combat system was going to have a classic mode option and they described it at the time as turn-based so that you could play the game similar to the original game now once the demo came out we saw classic mode it does not play like the original turn-based final fantasy 7 if anything it's closer to maybe the atb system of final fantasy 9 at best yep. where it's the characters move on their own and you just have the time to input commands of attack specials magic items it just takes player control out of your hands and some feel as though they were misled by that information back in september because they thought it meant i can play this with all the flashy graphics but it's still going to play like the original 97 release Mm. and it's anything but that well on this one i have to agree with people because when i saw classic mode i was like okay this this must be the classic mode and while it's kind of classic mode it's it's not so i i look i don't want to say square misled people but they didn't do a great job advertising this one very well honestly i think that classic mode should indeed be classic mode and i was surprised when 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 i jumped to it i was like this is how i want to play the game when i played the demo and I was like, well, hold on. Did I did I mess something up? Did I not set the right setting or what did I do? And 
I went back and and I looked. I was like, no, I'm I'm apparently in classic fighting mode here. But so I think that again, the message was not very clear on that one, and they they should have done a better job on that on that one for sure. Yeah, this it definitely felt like a failure of wording, similar to the titling of the game itself. But because it, it seemed more in the demo, at least that it was like an easy mode rather than a classic mode, just a easier way to control or like a casual mode. But maybe those terms might have not sat too well with them, because it almost feels like even though they didn't or they probably didn't do this, but it almost feels like they weaponized the word classic for this one instance to try to get people to feel that that might be the case. I don't know. It it just seemed a little off. Yeah, it did seem like they used the word classic mode because I'm going to read how they put it on their official Twitter account. And they said, classic players who adopt classic mode won't have to worry about the action side of the combat system. Players can instead focus on selecting commands, making it possible to play Final Fantasy VII Remake as if it were a classic menu-based RPG. Mm. And, like, right there, it does sound like I'm going to be playing a classic turn-based RPG, and you activate this mode, and it's not a... It is turn-based. It is not classic yeah. RPG turn-based. Right. It's... I mean, it's much more hectic, which I understand. The game's combat system and enemies are not designed to go back to that turn-based RPG approach that we saw with the original game. And we can look just in, you know, in the demo with the Scorpion boss battle, you have to get to the reverse side of him sometimes to exploit a weakness. Right. You could do that in turn-based where it's just not going to be as interactive or impactful where you're just standing in front of it and somehow your sword hit his exhaust pipe in the rear. Yeah. So it... I wouldn't say it was misleading as it was skillful marketing to make you believe something was there. They're right in their saying that there is a menu-based RPG system in place. It's just not quite what they made you envision. Again, do you think they, they tiptoed around that one to not upset the purists and the fans of the original? It would have been a misstep to do that, wouldn't it? Like yeah. to claim that it was going to be classic while knowing it's not is basically a guaranteed way to smear the brand. I don't see why that would be a good idea for them. I don't know who would have brought that up. Yeah, I have to agree with that. It seems like by by doing that, it would have backfired on them very quickly. Whereas their wording in this case was kind of more like, yeah, it's still turn based we gave you what we said we didn't promise final fantasy 7 turn-based combat we just promised classic menu-based rpg style combat of and that's what you are, have yeah of which there are a lot of classic jrpg style combats <laughs> right and that's the thing they didn't specify they never said it was going to be their own or that was going to be something like a kingdom hearts style they just said menu based and it is menu based right so that's i mean i would chalk that it's slightly misleading yeah it's also skillfully marketed yeah i i, I agree with you it, it is definitely slightly misleading on on this one but 
again, I don't think they intentionally tried to to do this. I just think that it was something that, again, between the the people that developed the game versus the marketing people, there was just some lines that got crossed there. Honestly, I just I just don't think they really kind of talked to each other, or maybe the folks that run the PR on on Twitter and stuff like that maybe just got a different message you know I just but I am disappointed that the classic mode is not a true classic mode but is it a deal breaker hell no I mean again this is 2020 you know I don't want to play 1997 Final Fantasy 7 again in 2020 I've played it a number of times it's a great game but I want to play this game that's that's coming out on on the 10th and with those types of things the the classic mode and and the reimagining versus remake i don't really care i think it's going to be a a great game and probably that the moves that they made will appeal to a larger audience and i you have to remember that that look any video game company wants to sell as many copies as they can they want to sell millions and this will this will sell millions but i think square's ultimately setting themselves up to open this game up to many many new fans that have never experienced the game before because this is the right way to do it and sure they've they've pissed off some of the the old fans the purists or maybe you've confused them but i don't think that they've lost the purists i think that those people most of those people will play play the game and and really enjoy it for what it is i mean isn't this kind of what final fantasy 7 was when you this is what you imagined when you played it back in 97 was this epic combat these awesome fights it wasn't standing still bobbing back and forth with a slash every 15 seconds it was it was legendary. Yeah. The battles with Genova or Sephiroth, it was they were these legendary battles, and we get to now participate in these epic scaled fights. And it seems like based on social media reaction and forums, is that there's just a certain intersection of people that seem to be predisposed to loving the remake. Then there's another group of people who are predisposed to hating it. And then there's a group that's just in the middle who's not really sure how to feel yet because they have not played the game. And that's, I mean, that's the group to be part of right now. Right. So if you're square, if you were square, how would you have marketed classic mode? And how are you going to approach this remake when people still complain that this is not the one-to-one copy of the original game like how would you have gone about it be it in trailers or communicating to fans at an event like e3 to say is final fantasy 7 remake this is what it's going to be here's yeah. the combat system how would you have communicated it accurately enough where you wouldn't have pissed off everybody well it, like you're saying if we were in full control over the marketing for this yes <laughs> i would i would have approached it from the perspective of not caring about the people who wanted this to be a one-to-one while reminding people that again it's 2020 we need to update 
because it's more of a thing where you're trying to pull new people in who maybe never experienced this, who you want to experience this. So there's a better way for people to like talk about this kind of storytelling, this kind of world. Whereas if you're just aiming for the original people who liked the game, that maybe that's all you get and a little bit extra and that's it. And I don't know if that's a good idea to approach such a scale of a game with that in mind. Ever do you playing the game when it comes out? Yeah. Well, I did not play the original. There you my, go. my roommate played the original in college and I watched it and I thought it was very overrated. I played the demo for this and I am very excited to play it. Evan doesn't play game console games. But no. like the listeners need to know that he doesn't play any console games. He's playing Final Fantasy Seven Remake. I mean, there you go. I mean, this game is going to sell a lot of units when it comes out and I, I think square look if if you ask me the same question nate i i'm always a big believer in get ahead of things early and just be as transparent as possible but i also kind of agree with um evan as well that look who cares you know that they, they don't really care but I, my my style would be you know, when they showed this off at E3 or whatever, I, I would say, look, this is part one of, of a three-part series. It will be a reimagining and look forward to the game when it comes out. We've got a demo coming, you know, soon and just leave, leave it at that. And then people can stew on that and, and get upset about it and do their uh, online change.org petitions to get the game changed or whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day... I mean, if you stick to your guns and you you ship a a quality product, which this will be, which this is, then there's no nothing to be concerned about. You see, I think it's telling that Square's marketing worked, where as we just heard, Evan never played the original game, but he played the demo of this one, and he's excited to play it, and that's the sign of successful marketing. They cater to newcomers. Consider, yeah, well, that's that's more design than marketing. Consider me an outlier. Like I barely <laughs> paid attention to the marketing. It did come down to whether or not I liked that demo. That was almost wholeheartedly what I was looking for. But did you? What sparked interest in the demo? Because you knew of the game's origins, and it was oh, this is one of those highly regarded games. Let's see what this buzz is about with this remake. It was, most, cool. it was mostly the transfer to action. Uh, the story okay. the story I could almost do without. We'll see how they adjust it and expand upon it. But the combat itself feels really good for an RPG that's action-based. Like, it feels very fine-tuned and is something I would love to see done more in modern RPGs to give people more control at doing way more stuff than just being like the one character who has a couple attacks so the flow of it feels really good at least from what i played in the demo we'll see if it maintains that way the whole way through so i guess the last point that everyone it's we touched on it a bit and it's still the really the main focus for a lot of people in arguing about this game's existence is that it's just it's not the complete final fantasy 7 game and Square just came out and said Final Fantasy VII Remake. And as we said, if they just slapped on Part 1, the Midgar story, would that really have alleviated any of these concerns? Because the vocal group that keeps harping on this seems like they would just counter with, yeah, this this Part 1 is 50 hours, but the original game was 40 hours, so there's no reason why they couldn't have just remade the game 
those 50 hours again and released it as a one release full ex, you know full experience so like is that actually a problem that this isn't a complete narrative as far as we know final fantasy 7 to be no i i don't think so i i my biggest concern really is technical stuff as far as you know is let's let's assume it's three parts right is part two and three playstation 5 and and part one is ps4 only Uh, that's a different conversation i think but i mean i think about this something like mass effect or um you know a trilogy that that is has been has been like dead space or something you know you know that there's three games in a trilogy and again i'm assuming this is a trilogy and maybe that's that's the that's the issue we don't really know how far this is going to go but i mean i'm fine with with making these games it's not even episodic i mean even that's not the right word to use because is a 50-hour game really an episode? I mean, I'm not really sure if that's if that fits either because an episode, it kind of implies it's a a more bite-sized game. You know, like like you mentioned Life is Strange, like the first episode of that is like a, you know, a three-hour game or something like that, and then you play through the additional episodes. Yeah, this the is, Wolf Among Us game, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this is a, a standalone 50-hour campaign which makes... And again, I'm assuming one third of a bigger story. So yeah, I mean, this kind of feels like Mass Effect or something like that to me. That you know there is there is more to come. And I mean, we all get excited about about the next game. So why wouldn't they do that? So yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. So that's kind of where this game seems to be in that limbo. Where if we really treated it as this is a standalone game, it's a self-contained story. Yes, it will likely end on a cliffhanger to set up the events of the next entry, just like, you know, any ongoing story does. But it doesn't mean that Square came out intentionally and said, well, we can get, you know, 200 bucks out of you for the same story that we sold back in 97 for $50. I don't believe that was, you know, at any point an intent of theirs of saying we're going to screw over the consumer and milk this for all we can as long as if this game tells a full story leads to events for an inevitable second entry that's fine we see it from other franchises all the time why is this one being held to a different standard yeah yeah i think assumptions were made square could have done a better job communicating how large this game was and where it ended we were assuming that after we saw numerous trailers and and clips of the game before we got a chance to play the demo that we kind of knew that it was going to be, uh, you know, Midgard, the first kind of section of the game. I, I, you know, if 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 they messed up somewhere, they again, they should have just come out and said it, you know, earlier on rather than just making the fans or people try to figure out what was happening. But... On the flip side, I mean, PR and and marketing and and getting buzz on the internet is is huge, right? So, I guess you know maybe maybe that that worked for them. Like, if you're talking about Final Fantasy VII remake, whether you're talking about you don't know how many parts it is, or whether it's a remake or a reimagining, or you're happy about it, you're unhappy, and you're tweeting about it, and there's engagement there, depending if it's negative or positive, it's still engagement, it's still clicks, it's still buzz. 
it all it all you know brings you up in the trending table on twitter and and social media so at the end of the day i mean people are talking about the game one way or the other and i think that's that's really all there is to say about you know the marketing side of of the of the company yeah so i guess how we could end this is would you say square enix misled people with the final fantasy 7 remake or would you say that they just mismarketed several areas i would say they mismarketed several areas i don't i don't believe i think it's very a very strong thing to say that they misled people i i don't i don't agree with that at all yeah i feel like it would be more misnomenclature than anything else just using the wrong words in the wrong places i mean stuff gets lost in translation as well we have to remember that too the message that comes from tokyo or uh, japan may not have come across in the same way and and you may want to you know we may have to consider that as well that's true it seems like there's certain areas they nailed with marketing like that first e3 i believe was e3 2018 where they walked out and they had the gameplay presentation they showed the first reactor yeah got everyone excited they showed the characters and e3 2019 we saw tifa for the first time and people were excited and it would just have that one question of when does this game end and they just kept kind of pivoting they didn't want to tell us when this first chapter would conclude we eventually find out i believe it was just in a random press release where they said this is the midgar section and you know people were generally fine with it they talked about the classic mode at tokyo game show people expected something that it wasn't their wording again it was intentionally designed to make you think something they can be like oh i can play the game the way i remember it wasn't exactly true and it it feels like in some ways final fantasy 7 remakes marketing has been a failure but it also has its successes because people are talking about it it's reviewing well there's excitement there's buzz there are some vocal critics but there's going to be vocal critics whether the game was the entire game from the playstation one era whether it was all those three discs and it concluded the exact same way and if the combat was the exact same way those same people probably would be saying now why didn't they change things why didn't they add content so it's you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't but overall it seems like final fantasy 7 remake is going to be a commercial and critical success for the company so i mean can we blame them for maybe being a little a little shy in detailing the finer specifics no i don't think so nate i do think however that for part two of this maybe they'll change um, a couple of things just tighten a couple of things up on the marketing side to maybe be a little more clearer on some stuff but i think everyone knows and everyone's known for a while what what this is and and what what they're going to play when they pick the game up on the 10th of april yeah absolutely and i mean i'm definitely excited to play it on the 10th of april it's going to be a game i'm going to dive deep into and explore every nook and cranny of midgar and you know take in the settings the sounds and 
explore that city because that's not something we could do in the original release. The game was very linear in design. It was go here, do this. You know, it was very point A to point B. And now we have a lot of a lot in between A and B. So that's exciting to see. I'm excited to see how the characters are going to differ or evolve from what we knew from the original game. Just from based on the demo, Cloud is a lot more talkative while mm-hmm. in the original game he was more or less a silent protagonist mostly by design due to you know the limitations of the era but you know it's there's definitely a lot to be excited about and people probably shouldn't focus on the minor things of oh this is part one of who knows how many oh they changed this aspect all of those things are okay as long as the overall package is you know one contained story which it appears to be and as long as there's payoff in the end that's okay the problem with a game like panzer dragoon or resident evil 3 is that it didn't feel like there was any payoff at the end whereas resident evil 2 remake had a lot had a lot of replay value it had a lot of content within whereas the the prior previously mentioned two games just didn't feel like they really did enough to warrant their release at the price tags they came out with Whereas Final Fantasy VII Remake seems like it does justify its $60 price tag. It gives tons of content. It expands on the story people know. It expands on those characters. And what you think you know about the game, you now have to wonder, do I really know what's about to happen? And I think that's exciting in and of itself. Yep, agree. So that will conclude this episode of Nate the Hate. I will thank Evan and MVG for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me on again, man. That was fun. I'm sure people will want Evan to return again. You have been a highly requested guest in the comments section. Were they those uh, soccer accounts, Evan, that you were creating? Don't tell them about those. (laughs) I've been duped. So I will leave a link to MVG and Evan's Twitch and YouTube channels in the description below. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like the video if you enjoyed the content. If you didn't enjoy it, give it a dislike. Be sure to subscribe. And until next time, embrace the hate.